0: he's pregnant?
1: She's in my prayer group, duh. What men will do to you in prison is nothing compared to what demons will do to you in hell on beds of fire through all eternity.
0: I'm gonna get you for this penalty.
1: If you do, God will get you, Brandon, and it won't be pretty. You're gonna burn in hell! Welcome to Blood and Black Rum Podcast's Halloween 2022 Special. This year, we're Craven some Cronenberg. We're bringing you Wes Craven and David Cronenberg movies all Halloween season, from September to October 31st. Experience the visceral thrills with movies like *A Nightmare on Elm *Rabbit*, *Last House on the Left*, and more. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Run podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSplatation.com, and I'm joined with my co-host Martin. How's it going? Doing pretty well. Uh, we're getting to, actually, I, I always start these out by saying like, oh, we're neck deep in our Some Cronenberg series, but no, we're actually getting towards the tail end of our Some Cronenberg series. It's hard to believe, but Halloween's around the corner now. Ooh, spooky. Spooky season is upon us, and, um, we're... Sunday scaries. (laughs) Yeah. We're looking at quite a few, uh, cool things releasing for, for Halloween this year, and, uh, Halloween ends is going to be coming up and showing us exactly how Michael Myers ends. Well,
0: I'm not watching it. I'm protesting as the second film, Halloween Kills, was being uh, trotted about as Evil Dies Tonight.
1: And it didn't. It didn't die. So how can you trust somebody who says that it's going to end? You can't. I learned that lesson with Halo 3. Finish
0: the fight. And then they released more. And then I stopped playing, because you know what? No.
1: I learned that my... from Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. I, I was going to say, I it thought
0: Microsoft <laughs> Microsoft was telling the truth back in 2007, that mm-hmm. yes, we are finishing the fight. No, they sent Master Chief off to do some more foolish things. And... 20 years later, people are
1: still playing it. You know what? It just goes to show you that things just don't end. They just can't end. That's why there must be an afterlife, because all of these movies get afterlives. So things don't. So, so
0: we've been lucky so far, uh, I must say, in this uh, little expedition of ours, because for the most part, uh, usually when we do these, it's filled with drak, <laughs> and it, it's we at least them. I <laughs> say we at least hit some level of garbage along the way, mm-hmm. and though Cronenberg for the most part hasn't been that enjoyable, Videodrome being pretty really good though, and all of my enjoyment coming out of uh, West's output so far, we're finally hitting. We're uh, due. Co- yeah, we're due for Costas, Mandalore, and a third Saw film, and Level of Drek.
1: We were due. I had to pick one uh, from Wes's uh, later output, and because I, you know, I know that, and you know what, I, I, I honestly, I thought I had seen my soul to take, but I don't. I, after watching it, either I just like did the Men in Black like flash in my face to forget that it <laughs> ever happened, or I uh, d- didn't actually see it. But either way, I don't remember it at all. Um, well, who could blame you? Yeah. I mean... I was I was say, so, like, we have, like, usually when we do
0: these marathons, there is, like, it's usually a healthy mix of good and bad. It's been good and mediocre so far. Like, even when we did last year with Carpenter, we hit some shitty Carpenter, you know. We notes. hit it early,
1: too. Yeah, with... Yeah. Did we do so, Ghost, of, Ghost of Mars pretty early in that one? Oh, yeah, number three. Yeah, number three. so we hit it early. We, we were like, nothing can compare to this one. We, but, we, we hit the mother load of bad Carpenter movies. And, then we, and, and we did The War
0: Near the yeah, End, which yeah. wasn't even that bad, to be honest with you. It's yeah, just, I you mean,
1: know. again, like a lot of these movies, especially like when they come from bigger directors like Wes or from John Carpenter, you get to those movies and they're not truly terrible. They're not bad, bad movies. Um, but they're like so forgettable in their canon that you're just like... Don't even think about that. I
0: don't. The I, one thing, and we're talking about my soul to take today, but my, <laughs> the one question. <laughs> Shove that my, in there. That's it, my, my, my one question is well, no, because I'm kind of thinking about it. Like, So you had like mid 2000s, late, you know, early 2010s, this time period. Wes still has some cachet as a director. Carpenter still has some cachet as a director. George Romero has some cachet as a director, even though. Cause they're, you know, big names Out of all of them, the only one to really get a shot at, like, a big fucking film Was Romero with Land of the Dead Like, that was actually, you know, well, you know, big budgeted You know, piece to kind of hang up And, like, it's kind of weird to kind of think about it Cause We're only 15, 10 years out from, like, their lat All three of them's, like, last, like, you know, kind of like, hit-hit, it's kind of weird, like, you know, that they got pigeonholed, and if a studio green-lit, like, you know, them to do something, that it was, like, incredibly bare-bones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I don't know. I just kind of find that, you know, a little you know weird. But maybe at the same time, with their independent streak, all, with all three of them, they kind of said, Eh, fuck it, you know. Mm-hmm. If I don't have control of my ideas, then fuck you.
1: <laughs> right, and it, so, like in talking about my soul to take which is what one of west craven's later movies um he had pre like so he had previously uh just before this in um i think it was 2000 yeah right at the tail end he had he had done scream 3 right he directed scream 3 yep. and then in 2005 he did cursed uh, which was re- yeah and red eye and Curse was pretty poorly received. It was a, a movie that was supposed to be like Scream for the werewolf movie, right? Because you have Kevin Williamson writing, um, boom. Like in, in in the 2000s too, especially like for like slasher type movies, like it was like slap Kevin Williamson's name on it, uh, and you've got yourself like a bonafide potential hit. That that was what like New Line and everybody was thinking, like, oh, you know what? Grab Kevin Williamson. Let's see if we can do something thought, for us. I,
0: I know, but I would have thought by 2005, Kevin Williamson's like shtick, as good as it was, would have incredibly run. 13 you can only
1: do so many things like that. Like you can only say like, "All right, he did scream, great, great, awesome." Then he did the, he, he, he,
0: did the fa- he did the faculty, great, great. You know?
1: Then Halloween H2O. All right, well, you're kind <laughs> of running dry there, Kevin. And you know, it just like the the more you do that sort of thing, because he really only had one one theme right he he only had one specific idea that he could run through I, I by 2005 with cursed it was really run run dry and it just was poorly received and partially that was because of production issues um meddling from production on oh cursed my
0: god i oh. had no idea sorry to interrupt kevin williamson created dawson's creek mm-hmm. yes he did i don't know what a way
1: yeah but back to, uh, <laughs> back to
0: what I was saying there. I, it's, it's just, wow. I've been living a lie my entire life.
1: Like, so you have this series of films that really, you know, weren't super well-received. My soul to take in 2010 was Wes's return to not only directing, but writing as well. He hadn't written anything since New Nightmare uh, back in 1994, so he didn't, like... You know he didn't actually do a writer-director film uh, until 2010 and so that was kind of intriguing at that time right like you have Wes coming back you know so a lot of his his written films uh, were very successful and um, it's kind of exciting in, in that in that time frame and then unfortunately it you know it, it actually aired theatrically and <laughs> people were pretty disappointed um, it I can
0: see. I I can see now after watching this why people going in Scream Four would have been hesitant. Yeah, they're like, where like I was like the I was blindly optimistic. Like yeah. Scream Four, that sounds fucking great, and it looks great. They're like, and by the way, people, if you haven't watched our review on Scream, still great. Get over it.
1: Um, but yeah, I can see that too because they're like, one year previously, they're like, I got burned. I got fucking burned on a Wes Craven movie with my soul to take. I uh, nearly took my soul and got out of the theater. On that one. <laughs> I don't even remember. I I don't think that played around here. I don't even really uh, remember don't, that. You I know, honestly getting, don't really remember. To be honest, you know, I, I, at that time, how old was I? Uh, we were twenty-one. We were yeah. like so just I,
0: getting out of college. Yeah,
1: I don't really remember it either. But the thing about this movie too is that it got it got caught up in the three D craze right it got so at this time yeah at this time like not so not only does it have like the west craven returns writing for this west craven style slasher movie um but it has the 3d element to it too to, to like even cement it more so in in the you know early 2010s um it got caught in the 3d craze and if you think back to like the 3d movies that were coming out at the time a lot of them were not like designed to be in 3d at the at the beginning of their um their inception it was more like hey the 3d is doing pretty well on like my bloody valentine 3d why don't we take my soul to take and put it in 3d and the, and you know like that never really ended up being a director's decision. It was always production who was like, "Yeah, this sounds like a great idea. I think everybody the, everybody wants to see in, things in three D."
0: Let's say shove it in post production. Yep. And as somebody who can't see three D, um, thank God that trend that trend ended because I, I will never forget going to see Coraline three D and just sitting <laughs> like, there. What? It's,
1: there's three D things happening? Where? Halfway
0: <laughs> halfway through the fucking movie, being like. Have you guys seen anything in three D? I haven't. I haven't seen anything. Uh. Yeah, dude, a lot of things have happened. <laughs> a lot of things have happened. <laughs> and like being like, great. I knew I really couldn't see it because I remember being like, <laughs> Earth science class, like uh, with a three D topographical view where you get to see like through the lens and it makes the cartography map like kind of pop out. And sitting there and being like, I can't see it. And the guy, the teacher also had a lazy eye like me, too, coming up to me. He's like, you're just like me.
1: (laughs) You shared in a bonding experience at that time. Bonding. Yeah, Yeah. but,
0: like, you know, like, the same thing, too, like, seeing, like, Star Trek in the darkness. For whatever reason, when we went out and being – my friend Matt went to go see it, you know, our friend Matt, I should say, we just go see it. Assholes only offering it in 3D. And I was like, motherfucker, I don't want to have to strain my eyes for two and a half hours. I didn't watching. realize that one was in 3D. They, they shoved it in there, yeah. shoved it in there. And it's so like, it's I, the
1: same same idea with My Soul to Take.
0: So I we saw that you know in 3D had to because the only way they're offering it, and we we're the only two in the theater. And thank God because that was the only way it was in that film was enjoyable to watch because otherwise it would have just been grainy looking film and we are just making fun of it the entire time because if you haven't seen star trek in the darkness it's just a shitty remake of wrath uh, of khan so but that's a total sidebar <laughs>
1: yeah that is really funny though that you just you can't see 3d and you just kind of like experienced a 3d movie in 2d even though it was supposed to be in 3d not even 2d
0: it's not even 2d because it's it's grainy because it's got the overlaying images that's true yeah you're just sitting there (laughs) your eyes are straining to see and you're like great now i'm just like do i wear these glasses like an asshole and not see what i'm supposed to see or do i just say fuck it and but then have a
1: grainy you know Uh, i will say like i'm I'm, I'm so glad that trend died i'm Well, there were some good movies in 3D that like actually made use of the technology. I remember one that I went to go see, um, you know, the Jim Carrey A Christmas Carol that was in 3D, was truly made for 3D, and that one really did capture the feel of being in 3D. Like, there's a a scene where he like falls through the sky and like hanging on for dear life. Holy shit, we're flying through the fucking air here. That was very, very um, successful in how it, it portrayed the 3D elements. Um, my soul to take, you know what? I'll say that's a, that's what we need to do for Christmas this year.
0: What's that? Just like every iteration Mm. of
1: Christmas Carol. That would be fun. (laughs) Funny, actually. (laughs) Just like I'm so sick of this fucking storyline. <laughs> this is the same thing over and over again. <laughs> the the Dickens story
0: that can't will never die. That would be from, like, that we'll do would that. be pretty funny. <laughs> we'll do that. It's a wonderful
1: yeah. life, and you know that would be funny. <laughs> but, yeah, but like with My Soul to Take, like it, I didn't realize when I you know when I was watching it that it was actually a 3D you know it was made it wasn't made to be 3D. It was it was shot for 2D, and then like, like I said, production was like, you know what would be a great idea. Let's just make this movie 3D. So they did the post-production 3D, and watching this movie now, thinking back, I can't really think of a single scene where I think like, "Wow, that would have been good in 3D." Can <laughs> you? No,
0: it's all really lazy. Yeah, and I, you
1: can tell when it's the lazy 3D
0: too, because it's like extra pronounced. Like, look, this knife is stabbing
1: through her, and he's lifted up, and the blood should be
0: shooting everywhere. I don't. You know?
1: I can't even. I can't even really think of anything. What? Well, I guess we can talk about that later. But like I said, it was it was caught up in that 3D craze, and you know from that alone, you're know, like, this movie's gonna be a soul suck. Um, so we'll talk about that when we get into the movie, uh, proper. But first, let's okay, take
0: if, Bla- if Black Christmas 2005 with Lacey Chabert was in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> be a
1: film. The pointies. All right, let's take a break real quick, and we'll talk about the beer that we have on the show today, which is technically not beer. It's technically not a beer this time. We wanted to do something different. Actually, Martin uh, proposed, hey, let's do something that's not beer because we don't generally do that. So what did we get, Martin?
0: So usually, at least, like, I think almost every year when it comes to the fall, we have done a cider at least once, Mm. kind of throwing it on the docket because it's like, hey – we're in upstate New York prime cider country. So let's do a cider. Yeah. So I was thinking about, we have done, um, today we have on the program, 1911, brought to you by Beacon Skiff Orchards, which is down in Lafayette, which is near Syracuse. Um, We have done some of their ciders before. Uh, The one that comes most to mind is the maple donut. I am pretty sure we did like Two three years ago,
1: something like that. Yeah. Say, when, I whenever you, say whenever I say I
0: say whenever you moved into your second house because I remember <laughs> you know we had it in your basement. So. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. So like probably three years ago.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So, we've you know we've done at least the cider like maybe once a year, and I do like hard cider. Um, but because, in my mind, I kind of pack it in with fall with like October fest with fall. Even though it's something I do regularly enjoy, and I could drink all year. I only have it like a couple times during the fall because it I like to have that nice, you know. Oh, fall time this mm-hmm. year. Let's have a cider. Right. Um so we do have nineteen eleven again. Um and I was looking for this year they have a candy corn uh hard cider. And I wanted that for the program. Because I hate candy corn, but that just <laughs> sounds you know like... what? I gotta get this. I hate but it. I, but just because it's, that sounds unique yeah. and, you know, and different. And because candy corn to me just tastes like nothing but sugar, like dull, rotting sugar. So, I was curious about it. But, unfortunately, we live too far out of uh, central New York. We did not get it. So, I did not get it. So, instead, we have there. Honeycrisp cider So For those of you who are Apple assholes and apple idiots And don't know, a Honeycrisp Is a type of apple
1: Do people not know that?
0: Uh, Well
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty common Um, It's not like one of those hybrids
0: Like an Arkansas black or something fancy I don't
1: even know what an Arkansas black is To be honest with you
0: It's a type of apple,
1: learning that from Sam Cedar. Oh Interesting. No, I mean, I think Honeycrisp is pretty, like, you know, they definitely sell them in the grocery store. It's something that you can get pretty pretty frequently. And I just had a Honeycrisp apple not too long ago. And I can say well, pretty confidently well, somebody, that this... I would
0: say, somebody, I'll say somebody who works in a grocery distribution center, yes, I do see Honeycrisp apples lying around.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would say that this is a very um, authentic representation of a Honeycrisp apple. It like hits all the the specs of a Honeycrisp apple. It's got.
0: I'm no, I I'm no apple connoisseur, so I couldn't tell you. I don't like apples are one of the fruits that I like, but I'm I'm not gonna sift through all the different varieties to
1: be like which ones the best. You know the one thing that the thing that I get from this that I think is really interesting is like when you drink it, you do get like that. You know you get a like a nice uh, tart apple cider flavor to it, but at the end after you swallowed and you kind of just are, you know, it's sitting in your mouth a little bit, that's where you really get that honey crisp flavor. Because I find that when I eat a honey crisp, I have that same flavor at the end. Like after I swallow the bit of apple, you get like this flavor of... Um, brown sugar? Yeah, like brown sugary honeyness to it. Um, and I think this one captures it really well. It's surprising because I could see, and sometimes it does, like especially with like 1911, Sometimes apple ciders can, especially when they're trying to like capture a specific feel or, or taste, sometimes they can um, come off as very cloying, um, too sweet, too pronounced of like a sugariness to it to try to like make up for the, the tartness that's inherent in the apple. And this does not have that. And they, they've done a really good job with this one.
0: Yeah, I'd agree as, and especially like I said, I'm, like I said I like apples, but Lord knows I if you were to have me to like name and bite into apples, it wouldn't be my game. I like it a lot. As Ryan and I were discussing before we had it, when we have ciders, the two things we kinda of, we like dry, you know, crisp ciders. We don't like overly sweet ciders. The honey this honey crisp is delightful because it is Dry, it is crisp, but it is refreshing, and you get a nice, and I take a swig, <laughs> mild sweetness to it, that as you drink it, as that set kind of goes through, does become sweeter and sweeter, but it's not overly sweet. It's very brown sugary, honey gentle sweetness that it kind of rolls into. gives you a nice warmth. Yeah. This is a delightful cider. Yeah, I would buy this all the time in the fall because if I were to sit around a campfire and be like, I want a nice cider to go with tonight, this would be one. This is great. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, I think like like you said, I do like those dry tart ciders a lot more than anything that's extremely sweet. Um, and 1911 can actually be pretty hit or miss in terms of their cider output i've i've had some really good ones from this like the Honeycrisp. i've had some really bad ones like uh they made like a seltzer cider pack, oh and that sounds those awful were, yeah those the- were not that good <laughs> uh those were a definite miss um and i'm you know I, I don't know if they're even making those anymore they were they were definitely like strange uh especially because they had weird flavors too like mango apple seltzer cider and uh, like an orange apple seltzer cider. If you've had ciders too, you know sometimes ciders can taste like vomit if you don't do them right. Um I had a woodchuck pumpkin cider one time and that def- oh, that, that tasted like, absolutely like barf.
0: That was like twelve years ago. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That
1: completely just tasted like barf. So if you if you don't get the the flavor profile right, the the nice crispness of an apple cider can really turn <gasps> oh into God. like a pukey That's flavor. Ter- <laughs> <laughs> That's during the Chan Gailey years above the Bills. Jesus yeah. Christ. Getting, I can
0: remember that kickoff and we're drinking it and you would be like, Oh, God, this is fucking...
1: <laughs> and you know what? I think after that year, I don't think I've seen Woodchuck make that. They have. <laughs> they might. Some people like it. Some people do like it. But it, it, I think it's, it's partially too like pumpkin can sometimes taste like, like vomit. It's like the acidity. And I getting a I pumpkin sh- acidity and getting an apple acidity together is like... Prime for like this tastes like absolutely like bile coming up.
0: I think ciders though, they're just very overall compared to beer. It's much more, there's a lot more that can kind of go wrong because there's not much innovation that you can have. Because it's Mm -hmm. what is cider? It's hard cider, Mm -hmm. it's you know, your apple cider, but hard with you know, it's been fermented, so yep, you know, it's. You can – there's not nearly enough uh, room to kind of innovate that you have with, like, beer, with all the different ways you can kind of ferment. Like, here, it's like – do you like apple cider? How about apple and pear cider? Like, how about just pear cider, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, too. I think people like to point out cider doesn't just mean apple. Say that. Mm -hmm. You can cider many fruits. Cider is just the, the act of taking that fruit and fermenting it. So But you know, I, thought, I, I almost thought about getting an awestruck uh, apple and pear cider. I um I find that pear alone is super watery. It's not it's there's not enough flavor to it to really um well make I make it worthwhile. You have yeah, to add well, something else.
0: I agree because I mean we're people who live in the age of mountain dew. One of our friends, as we talked about before, Matt, he loves pears. And I go, w- w- were you born during the Civil War? Like, that would have been, like, a refreshing sugary treat back in the 1780s. But now, what does a pear have to offer, like, for, like, sugar and, like, tartness and stuff? Nothing. It's just a pear. You're biting in. and you're like, oh, it's incredibly mildly sweet. <laughs> yeah. My you know, as soon, as soon as you gave your kid, like, an ice cream cone, they're never going to look back.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, but I like this 1911 Honeycrisp a lot. I think it's really a very, very solid cider. It's perfect for fall. And it's, when I think of a really good cider, uh, this is one that I'm going to think of. I'm, gl- I'm glad that we got this one to try. Cause it's it's really solid. You're welcome. <laughs> And and take that candy corn. We didn't need you anyway. Candy corn cider. Who knows? We probably would have hated that one. I I I still would try just because it's. I'm so... still gonna. I would still like to try it as well. Cause I'm curious to what the fuck. Like what the fuck does that even entail? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that it's gonna be like so sweet, so sickly sweet. That's my fear. All right, so let's talk about my soul to take. Let's my soul to take. Yeah, you don't let's... really want to talk about it, do you? This is a tough, tough movie to talk about. I will say that I think that the idea that Wes Craven had for this movie is interesting, and he has a lot of different ideas and themes that are going on in this movie. This movie too is many. yeah, right, exactly. This movie has so many ideas that it doesn't know what to do with them all, um, and I think that's one of the main problems with my with this movie is that it really just has too much going on and too so it's weird too because this movie has too much going on it's a very strange movie and how it presents all those things and yet it's a really boring movie too I don't I don't know how that happens how does that happen how do you get such a such a boring and my favorite word to use right now tepid (laughs) movie out of so many ideas that Wes Craven's bringing to it It, Because it's like
0: the ungodly mishmash of all of Wes's cliches and also the mid-2000s horror cliches. Right. Like, this film is, like, non-stop on... You get you get everything it's, from Wes. The, the trope train. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know... <laughs> Just hop on! Toot! <laughs> like, yeah. hey, you want the hard cuts? You got the hard cuts! Do you want the... Jump scares for nothing? Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: what's going on? Hey, I just happened to be in this closet.
0: Were you <laughs> expecting it, were you? <laughs> hey, you you want red herrings that don't make sense? <laughs>
1: <Got 'em. laughs> Why is that? We employed a guy just to <laughs> blow the train horn. <laughs> you're, it's like you're at a Bills game and it's third down.
0: <laughs> you know, I got that Amtrak whistle playing. I <laughs>
1: think you know what you're getting into right right from that intro that, Dude, that opening no, scene
0: no that, no see here's the problem that that intro, i mean yeah you are but at <laughs> the same time it's such a massive clusterfuck of nonsense that none <laughs> of it makes sense I know, it, I know and it's so hard there's so many hard cuts throughout it
1: like, Honestly, so, i will
0: say that like, it's on, it's honestly like wh- i only at that point I don't even blame Wes because he did he edit it. Because if he didn't edit it, it's not even his fault. Like that, you know, you got all these like
1: fucking smash cuts just
0: thrown in there. Wes
1: was like, "All right, we've got a we've got this laid out for you. We've got re- like really nice transitions here." uh here's the storyboard it's very clear yeah. where we're going with this and the editor's like you know what i got my own ideas it's <laughs> just, it's cut to this cut to this guy having a psychotic episode wait now he's back to normal wait now there's a kid in the bed wait
0: now. that that opening is such a fucking like evidence evanescence
1: altar bridge oh like, like a music like, video sort of thing yeah, yeah i can see that because like, it has the blue tint it has it has all of that that you would expect from, like, the 2000s music video of just, like, yeah, somebody, somebody, like, like, editing that with ADHD. You're just imagining somebody yell, where are you? And
0: I'm so sorry.
1: It's just, it's... Yeah, no. It's I, awful. It's it, it's, like it's if awful. You, if, if you have anxiety, that opening scene right there is going to make you...
0: Just, or a seizure. Yeah, yeah. You're, prone to you, you're gonna like
1: start just tremor, trembling because it's. And honestly, my wife has like these. She has like a um, an issue with like loud noises and like hypersensitivity to noise. And the the movie wasn't even really that loud, to be honest with you. Um, like the volume itself, but like this this opening scene is just like so much stuff happening, smash cuts and, smashing sounds and sound effects and explosions and ambulances and gunshots and um, stabbings literally everything every sound is taken to the max here so like this opening that's why I said if you have anxiety this is gonna like trigger you so hard when you're watching it there's just so much happening like I said though I think it gets you ready for this movie because it's like this is gonna be an insane movie this is gonna be really difficult to to stomach
0: yeah, but not for the right reasons. Not for the but right I reasons, can, but I, like, I think oh, it gets.
1: No, I think it gets you prepared. I, I think what what they were going for in this opening was like, wow, this is. There's so much happening. It's so crazy. Like there's an ambulance that's crashed, and there's just stabbings and shootings, and this guy keeps coming back to life. Like you, you're, you're thinking, wow, that's so amazing. That's so cool. But really, the viewer's like, what the fuck is happening? What there's not only that, but you get like ridiculous one liners constantly in the beginning too and I don't I don't think that this was the successful venture for the introduction that this that the movie really truly oh. wanted. Hey Yeah he's dead No it's just souls being taken. What? Oh Hey can we talk too about uh Denai Guerrero here who, you know, she's from the you know most known for The Walking Dead now, Michonne from The Walking Dead, but here, she plays this uh, detective, Jean-Baptiste, and really, at the beginning of the movie, such a weird introduction to her character, she just comes up and is like, yeah, I'm from Haiti, and this is what I think about when people die. It's so fucking weird. It's like, it makes no sense. Oh, oh I mean. hey, oh, boy. I'm, the, I'm the token co- here.
0: Oh. Tommy boy, we're gone, we're boy. Yeah, uh, you know. No um, like, damn nasty Cubanos. Know. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like Miss Cleo from fucking uh, Vice City. Like, kill them bad men,
1: Cubans, Tommy boy. It's it's honestly, like, sort of offensive how they have they played her character up. And it's just like, she just randomly comes up like, yeah, I happen to be a black cop. Happen to be from Haiti. Here's what we think about voodoo and stuff. It's like so weird.
0: No, but there's a bunch of guys that are like you know, like like oh yeah, now that guy's finally dead. Oh yeah, no, 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 that's his soul. He's got many souls.
1: Yeah, because like what they think he's like schizophrenic. So schizophrenia, multiple personalities. That obviously means he has souls in him. It's it's a it's a so like that's what you know Wes is going for. That's the theme of my soul to take. Is that. Schizophrenia, mental illness can sometimes, you know, manifest with multiple personalities and those personalities might be souls. And the film kind of takes it from there and says, like, is it possible that the souls can be sucked into one person's body and that's what becomes, like, their ultimate mental illness? And um, I don't honestly, like, I think that the idea is interesting, but I don't think that the film really does a very good job with it at all. It doesn't... um, emphasize this idea too often and its main character which it follows after the after this crazy introduction after this ripper character dies which again that was the name that they came up for the for this for for this murderer, this <laughs> ripper. murderer. they were like the they, ripper yeah they were like um i don't know has the ripper been done before no i don't think that name's been used um, maybe the, only the well, most what a, iconic serial killer. What in a history. fucking
0: Mennonite name for him too, Abel Plinkov. <laughs> like, who's who's the Ripper? Abel Plinkoff. Yes, he helped. He helped my his sister knitted a bag for me the other day and helped raise me a barn the other day too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I yeah, I just I just like the name that they came up for him though. It's like they couldn't it's, come up with something y- like unique, you and know, spooky. You Ripper. know
0: what? I say. You know what? The whole opening reminds me of poor WWE storytelling.
1: Oh yeah, this, right.
0: this, like this would like you know fit totally within like a uh, WWE film. Like, see no evil. Yeah, or like you know just anything on like uh, Monday Night Raw during the time period they would have fucking probably thrown on there. Mm-hmm. You know, because Vince McMahon would have been like, yes, this is great. Right? Shit. yeah. Well, yeah souls. I mean, see, see no souls. Evil was,
1: see No Evil was a WWE film. So. Yeah, no, I know. I can see that. but I mean, I think that Wes had some, some some cool things here. I think, like, you know, if we were to take this and, and if this was given a little bit more time to be molded and shaved down because it is an hour and 47 minutes. It's a fucking long-ass film. Uh, like so super unnecessary to be that long except for the fact that there's so many ideas crammed into here that they have to give source like some time to each of those ideas like there's a really weird random scene of our main character Um, actually we, we haven't even described it's hard to describe this movie but like the the main idea is that 16 years after the Ripper is killed, and they're not even sure that he's dead or not. Like so, no one did their due diligence. They're like, is he is makes, he fucking in? Is he in the morgue? Is he not in the morgue? Where is he? No one they knows. Pull, they pull the Halloween. Yeah, is Michael dead? Uh,
0: he's in uh, the ambulance. Like, yeah. like
1: the, the coroner was like, oh, it's not my job. <laughs> I don't know. He's around here somewhere. He but, was too busy eating a, toon- a, a tuna <laughs> yeah, sandwich. Yeah, the, like he does the generic coroner thing. Uh, I don't know. Let me <laughs> let me just eat my lunch here on this dead body. Um, no, but, like, the, <laughs> the idea is that there's seven kids that were born on the night that the Ripper in was murdered. Riverdale. Rivertown. River, Rivertown. Riverville. River. River generic fucking place. Archie.
0: Where's Ar- Where's Archie in this film? Bat
1: and kill. Whatever you, <laughs> whatever you want to call this, like, super generic town that... Has, like, a church that lights up during, until, like, midnight and then turns off? I don't know. Anyway, these seven kids were born on the same night as the Ripper. They were, like, born in the hospital. The The hospital's going nuts. Like, this is another hospital that actually is staffed and has which, people which, in Which,
0: no, I was say this doesn't make any sense. I thought from films, especially horror films, that... I- uh, Nothing happens at night. And, hospitals know. weren't staffed after 6 p.m. Like they all pack up and no, go home. No, in this one and they're
1: all like, "Fuck, we got seven babies coming at the same time here." One of, and then I do also like the fact that the the nurses like kind of perturbed. Like one of them's blind too. <laughs> like, jeez, lady. Okay, so he's blind. All right. Well, wait, one of those blind? Yeah, Jerome. He's blind? <laughs> This film does not do a very good job of showcasing it. But, yes, he yeah, does like, have the blind cane at one point. Remember? I thought that was to, a joke. No, I he thought tries that to go into a, the woman's bathroom. No, no and
0: I like, know. I thought that was a joke.
1: No, yeah. He's, no, li- he's, he's actually, literally blind, yes. He's actually, wow. He's actually oh blind. Because then he comes up at one point and says, they're like, how, do you, how did you know I was here or something? And he's like, I can hear you. You didn't catch on? no all right well No, whatever. because i but, no the, I,
0: because the, I, where's the scene of him like smacking around like up the stairs like hey rip
1: up p- 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 come come again. no yeah no he's <laughs> he's blind but like that's what i like i like about that scene too is like it's kind of just thrown in your face so the nurse is like yeah we got seven babies getting delivered and one of them's fucking blind <laughs> it's just so, so ridiculous that
0: one's not gonna make
1: it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Whoa, <laughs> it's 1992. They'll definitely make it. Yeah. No, I'm gonna. Whoa. Ma- <laughs> Hold on a second. Let's ma- <laughs> let's not do late-term abortion right now, okay? The the blind child will be all right. <laughs> if the if the the school ponies up for braille no, textbooks, he'll be okay.
0: Gee, I almost think this film is like a metaphor for abortion too.
1: Instead of having those seven babies, why don't you just abort them? Yeah probably a good idea especially when you're killing off a serial murderer at the same time. No, but the the whole idea is just extremely weird. It's it's almost like um it's almost like the it's it, like a cross between um Scream. well like Scream and <laughs> like uh, a part, parts of um uh the Children of the Damned. Like Village of the Damned sort of thing. No, it's sort of like weird. no,
0: you mean you mean Children of the Corn? We've come for you, man. No,
1: no, no. I mean like you know where the whole town gets knocked up at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I know you like fucking that. mean. It's we weird. reviewed it. We reviewed it last It's just year. weird. Heard it's just like a weird idea. And then so so 16 years later, they all get together and they're like, the Ripper died well, on this night, and it's our Well, they've birthday. been doing it
0: for like eight years. Well, six years before that. This is the seventh year. Bugs right. the only one who hasn't had to. Send off the demon.
1: Yeah, it's like a metaphor for being a man, right? Like you gotta fight off the demon, the Ripper. Which is
0: funny at ten years old. What is it? Stand by me. They're going down <laughs> yeah. by the fucking rail, the rail trestles, and being like, "Mugu fagai fiki fau, fagai fiki fau,
1: like stay away from me, deep." So these these kids are all you know born on the same day. They're 16 years old now, and they're dealing with the return of the Ripper um the anniversary of the ripper's death is 16 years ago and their birthday.
0: Yeah, it, uh, and also <laughs> unlike scream, uh they actually look like uh high school children. That is true not, too, yeah. And and not, <laughs> and not like
1: <laughs> they're out of place. Yeah, you know, like 25 year olds. Yeah, no, I I mean I at least they, at least there's that going for it. Um <laughs> they actually
0: look like they're children.
1: But, the, I mean, the, the idea is weird. The, the, the themes that Wes is throwing in here are all over the place. Like, Bug, our main character, played by Max Thierow, you probably know him from um, Bates Motel, specifically. Um, he, you know, he is like the, the odd guy out. He's, he's kind of like an anxious kid. He's not super popular. And um, Wes kind of paints him as a person that might have a uh, personality disorder. You know, he might have uh, multiple personalities. And Fun
0: fact, from I say real quick, sorry, to interrupt. Fun fra- fact from the Wikipedia page: uh, he's also a vintner.
1: Ooh! Wow! Yeah. Probably wasn't a vintner during this movie, but he's learned to be one. He
0: owns his own vineyards at, uh, in his hometown of Occidental.
1: We'll throw the what's the vineyard? What's the uh, what's the the winery that he's got? to well, t- take a look at it. Says,
0: it says in the third season of Bates Motel on Wikipedia, the main characters can be seen drinking senses during a family dinner scene. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: So, sense in- is wine. Interesting. But anyway, with... <laughs> <laughs> I would check out his wine. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'm a, I'm a big white wine fan.
0: It's no, it's not, probably no Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> the grapes are all touched by Francis Ford Coppola. How can you... How can you uh, compete with that?
0: Holy shit! He's only thirty-three.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's fairly young. God damn, he's, we're he's, old. Yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> like we have Bug, who is, is you know he has a, he might have this personality disorder. He's really kind of ostracized from the rest of the seven, except for a- his friend Alex and Jerome. Jerome's the blind one. And um, you, you never know. the The weirdness doesn't stop at just like these seven kids um who are being targeted by the ripper 16 years later not only that but we also have this weird uh, um storyline about bug's stepsister fang and the film really for about 50 minutes does not make it known like who the fuck fang is like you you have no idea what they're talking about when they say like oh we got to be careful of fang oh fang's having a meeting it's like who the fuck who is fang who is this person? Why why is the whole town scared of Fang? This 19-year-old kid who's just fairly emo you, and
0: Well, you don't even know that that's who she is for yeah, the long Yeah, time. you don't
1: really know. You don't really know who it is at all. You don't know why she doesn't like Bug. You don't know the relationship at all. And the film kind of drops it on you later on and then it drops a whole bunch of exposition cuz Fang is basically like you you're the son of the ripper and I'm the son of I'm the daughter of the ripper and You've made my life a living hell because everybody likes you better and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't like the, the whole fang element to this movie is just super like shoved in here. It's fisted in here. Let's, let's call it what it oh, is. It's yeah, fisted it in it. here. It's really forced. And I think that's, you know, another thing with this movie is that it just really does not have a handle on all of its storylines. There's so much going on. There's a storyline about Bug being obsessed with condors, California condors. Which, in, like, Native American folklore, we kind of are told, oh, they, like, are eaters of souls. And so there's that whole idea of, like, um, souls being recycled and um, the dead being recycled and Bug taking on those personalities. But it's all really muddled and it doesn't really go anywhere. I Um, get it.
0: It's it's inspiration for Until (laughs) Dog.
1: I mean... I feel like my soul to take would have been a lot more successful had it just focused on like one or two of the elements that are in here, and maybe cut out some of Wes's cliched items because, um, for the a lot of this movie, it it you it's like a greatest hits of Wes Craven movies. Like you get lots of jump scares, you get like a uh, night nightmare uh, elements, you get a step uh, abusive stepfather. Um, you literally that abusive stepfather falls down the stairs, which we just covered in deadly friend, like a similar scenario where in, in that case, it's kind of reversed, you know, where he throws his daughter down the stairs, but it's the same idea the abusive step stepfather or abusive father, abusive parents, someone, something like that. These are all things that we've seen many times in West Craven movies, and they are done, um, a lot poorer in, in my soul to take than they're done in those other movies. Um, And I think that's probably another big issue that people had with this movie is that it really just feels like a rehash of things that Wes Craven has already done and done much better. And especially like as a teen slasher movie, um, this one is just not up to snuff with, like you can't compete with Scream. Um, The only thing it does really have going for it is the kills because it is pretty violent. It is pretty um, brutal in the way that it murders off its seven characters. Yeah. You don't think so? Yeah. I think it's – it's. I saw somebody describe it as aggressive, and I would agree with that. Like, it's – you know, your killer is not just like, oh, I'm going to stab you and leave you for dead. They're pretty <sighs> brutal.
0: Literally, literally fucking Rob Zombie running about going <laughs> as he's chasing these people down. Like, yeah, hey, my Durango, my ammo number five. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Do you think do you think that the ripper's design is scary or even no, it's fucking hilarious. It's it, terrible. And I would say that the the design itself too is not, you know, it you have iconic designs like Freddy where you there's I think even from A Nightmare on Elm Street, that design was uh, was fairly iconic. With the with the ripper in my soul to take, it's I think it's so couched in like shadows and you can't really see it. Like how could you even remember what this character is like it's it's just not memorable at all because it's just like a guy with dirty hair or dreads and running at you with a leather jacket on the first part where he murders jay the the first kid that that actually ends up dying at the hands of the ripper um is just like the a guy sprinting at him not very uh memorable as a death not uh not too scary it's just uh just happens but I do think that it's you know it's a fairly aggressive movie um in the way that it murders its characters I also kind of liked the whole um scene where Brittany is out like walking and Brandon comes up to her and he's like you can give me a blowjob now and she runs away through the woods and Brandon's running after her um, that's kind of an interesting throwback to The Last House on the Left in some cases. Like, the the element of running through the woods while rapists are kind of running after you from behind.
0: No, it is. But again, at the same time, the whole, like, point system. And, like, I need, like, ten points and five points and three points and uh, one billion points for Griffinpuff. Griffinpuff wins. like... It doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. Like, like
1: I'm going to give him a three. He's yeah, getting like, an
0: eight. Yeah, what the fuck does, that, I, what the yeah, fuck so does you, that even mean? So
1: you don't have a scale for your punching system where you're like, all right, if I cock my hand back, you know, two inches, that's a three. If I go no. back five inches, that's an eight. You don't have that no. split no. system? No. I thought everybody had that. That's, no. that's like bully 101 in school. Apparently you weren't a bully.
0: No, it's not bully 101. I played bully and that's not <laughs> in the game.
1: Actually what Brandon has, he has like a little um scale underneath his arm. It's like goes from like blank red to uh green. And then when he winds up it like jumps back and forth and he has to like get it in the right spot to to do an eight. That's what he has. It's like a video game. No, it's a weird it's, moment. It's definitely weird. the the whole idea of like, and that's I think that's funny too. He's like, you 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 asked me for a lot. I had to give this kid a three and an eight, so I deserve a blowjob. It's like, yeah, like, dude, you punched the two kids like the same way. <laughs> it was, it was definitely just, a lot of work. It's, it's again like it's just
0: weird. Like what the fuck? Like I I, I don't know. What this is Wes Craven's
1: about. alternate reality high school. Not one that uh, I've ever been to, but. Uh,
0: this is West Cravens
1: alternate. <laughs> yeah. Wes Cravens High School.
0: Like it's But they seem to cram in like every scream and like a new nightmare like knockoff that they can in this with like the jump scares and the you know, you know, just random like What's going on? Like how, do you, red how, how do
1: you feel like this school compares to Woodsboro? It's
0: awful. Woodsboro is a college meant for adults going for higher education. Uh, this is not.
1: Because like Woodsboro, if you remember, is like a ridiculous campus. It's like a, unlike a school I've ever seen. In, in reality, right? Like no, I know, and uh, I think they probably do exist in California. Like if you go to a really big school, maybe whoa, whoa, your whoa, campus whoa. is like that. Whoa!
0: This is in Massachusetts. Okay, <laughs> same place that urban legend took place, where they're saying, "Get your slicker ready." You know, there's a <laughs> storm co-
1: Yeah, I, I've never been to campuses like that for high schools, but uh,
0: no, I mean it's ridiculous. i would be a ridiculous proposition. Yeah. Like thinking about it, but. Like, no, it, it, but it is at the same time. No, it has none of the cachet that Woodsboro has. It's very bland. And again, like, the whole premise in these characters in this movie are what, like, make it weird because everybody's fucking weird. Like, <laughs> and, like... weird. And <laughs> like, and everybody's, like... To, outside of, like, the... The seven who have been blessed by this soul or whatever, they're all fucking weird. Like, oh Fang, why is she here's her mean girl bit where she's walking with her friends, and like, well, oh, it's so fetch. Everyone loves Britney. Why does everyone love Brittany? She's a poor man's Rachel McAdams, and we get to see that. Oh, you you know, here's your Jesus freak. It's it, it's totally weird. And I I don't think the fact that for the most part that the acting in this film is fucking god awful that anyone helps the message along the way either. It's like it's just one incredulous mess that just keeps on trucking. They want to hit every fucking West Beat there is, and they're gonna fucking hit it, whether you want it to or not.
1: Yeah. What do you think about the the reveal at the end? of you know the actual killer the 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 soul, the whoever has the soul of the Riverton Ripper Did you pick him? I don't think you, Who'd you I, pick? I don't know I didn't pick anybody cuz I was just like I wasn't really invested in who was the killer honestly
0: It's not that invest you're right in the fact that it's not that investing like there's three routes that you can kind of go when picking who's the actual killer You can pick our our lead and he's on a fever dream. You can pick that it's a sister, which I was kind of going with because, like, you know, like that'd make the most sense revenge wise. Like, she's been tormented, you know. Or you can make go the third route and it be kind of like all oh, like just a revenge fantasy in his head. Like overall, like, you know, he's imagining these things because of his past and mm-hmm. it's not actually happening. Those are the kind of the three things that I was kind of, uh, picking out. They went to the Billy Loomis route out here, which makes sense. Cause it's Wes, you know, and even at times when they made sure when he's, you know, his friend, Alex is talking, like, giving the kind of the Billy Loomis, like, smirks and shit, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, you didn't see that coming, did you? You didn't see that coming. We can take care of everybody. Kill them all. Let's kill them all. All all that was missing was uh, a friendly face. Like, yeah, man, let's fucking do it.
1: Yeah, I mean... Where where was our Matthew Lillard in this film? (laughs) I don't think the reveal is you know it's not it's not super surprising but i again i don't think that it is um hearing, you're not invested there's nothing I, like, in there's right. no hook yeah there is not and you're just kind of like okay uh i'll go with that <laughs> you know it's it's you don't really care that much and i i think that's you know a problem with the movie is that you don't really care who the killer is and it, ultimately it doesn't really matter who the killer is and um at the end i think that you know it, it's trying to make it a uh, A statement about who's a hero and who thinks they're the hero who's a man Um, but I just feel like that the whole thing kind of misses out on um, being a successful slasher because you don't care about the characters you don't care about the killer and for the most part it's a pretty boring movie to sit through as you just wait for an hour and 40 minutes to find out who this guy is I, like, I feel like the Ripper should be a lot more interesting than it, it is. And, and again,
0: the ending is too ripped on a screen mm-hmm. where, like, it's like, who did it? Who did it? And then when you find out who did it, it's like, okay. But it's there's no, like you said, there's no hook. And there's no real overall motivation. It's just like. Let's hit those scream beats of, like, you know, of scream one, scream two, of, like, this is, you know, the path that we take without any of the excitement and intrigue along the way. hmm Because the people that he kills along the way, you don't give a shit. Nope. We're not... We don't have any interaction with them What's... enough to give a shit. It's just... Okay. Be gone. So... There's a lot of, again, there's a lot of scream beats in this film. But they don't ever work because you you don't have any investment into the people in this film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I, I I agree. I don't I don't think it does a good job with any of that. And I think there's just too many loose ends in this movie. I know. I know some people do like this movie. I think they 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 like they find it interesting for some reason. I don't, personally. I don't find this movie enjoyable, like, at all. Um, From the very first moment, it's kind of like, this is going to be a taxing situation. and the very definition
0: of a slog.
1: Yeah, and then, like, as you go through, you know, and it kind of jumps from theme to theme and goes through weird character elements, um, you don't really... Like it, for me, it just doesn't hold my attention, and I was literally almost falling asleep at at times. Um, even during like the more quote unquote intense, intense elements, like at the house um, towards the end of the movie, uh, those did just did not hold my attention, and I I think that um, the movie is just really ultimately bland, has not a lot of uh, like excitement to it, even though it has a lot of ideas it just doesn't do anything with them and it relies a lot on exposition to get those things across because it's like you said you didn't even recognize the one kid was blind it just like things that should be apparent to the viewer just aren't and I think that makes it really hard to take in this movie and understand what it's trying to say and I don't think that Wes's writing here was um, uh, strong enough to you know to make this movie successful
0: needed an editor
1: yeah absolutely it did Excuse like a, a better me. editor he needs, to, he, to...
0: he needs somebody
1: better kind of skimming through to kind of make sure that you know and not only a better editor from like a writing standpoint but a better editor to make this not like a music video of just like cut to cut um like it needed it needed more cement to it is what i feel like just more more within each of the scenes to like give more um more like characterization without having it be exposition it just needed more and it's weird because it's an hour and 47 minutes but i'm saying it needed more it needed less themes and more elsewhere to really like get this point across it's an odd movie it really is it's truly a weird movie And, uh, I think people should see it. I think they should see it as a Wes Craven movie that just wasn't as successful and kind of analyze where Wes's writing here, um, went wrong versus, you know, something like scream four, where he returns to like meta commentary, where it kind of gets more simplistic again. Um, you know, get simplistic, but put in that like meta-ness to it that, that gives it, um, such a, like a, a difference in, in a slasher movie. Um, did we touch on everything that you wanted to get to? Honestly, I mean,
0: not, not gonna lie. Not too much. I want to go to it. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're like, you're like, that's it. I'm done. Okay, All right. Ta- so
0: I, I've been, I've been, t- and I, unlike like Ryan. I watched this, uh, like an hour and a half, two hours before, uh, reviewing it. So I'm already tapped out. You're this, like, oh
1: yeah i'm done like the, i've hit my limit of my soul to take tonight (laughs) all right so on a scale of um zero to ten dennis butsicaris is as the principal and not rich (laughs) what
0: about what about uh the mother being gretchen from breaking bad
1: yeah uh jessica hesht being the mother in this movie
0: that's that's the joke. We're we're a Better Call Saul podcast, not a Breaking Bad podcast. That's right. Though we love Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul is where it's at. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a four and a half. Okay. This is a slog of a film. It has no right to be an hour and 47 minutes. Wes needed somebody to reel him in. Wes needed somebody to kind of give him a more focused vision there, the idea of a serial killer who comes back because he's not actually schizophrenic he's been imbued with different souls so that's a very cool and interesting idea but I think wild horses always run free on and without having somebody to be kind of like a Critical eye to kind of bounce off of on this, we see kind of the fault in that, and I think Wes definitely could have benefited from somebody kind of viewing and seeing the ideas and refining it, because Wes's best films have always had great ideas that he's come up with, but somebody to kind of be back there to be like, no. This so how we kind of rained it in a little bit. Um. It's like I said. It's, it's it's an interesting idea. But it overstays its welcome. The kills are very bland. The Ripper is incredible. It's like. Like I said. It's literally Rob Zombie running around. Like, hey. I'm, a I'm on the fire. Go see House of the Thousand Corpses. Motherfucker. Or you die. You know. Um. The characters in this film are bland none of them really you can gravitate to there's no Sydney here there's no Freddie here there's no Johnny Depp or anything it's bland soulless a lot of the blood effects are CGI in a time where they shouldn't even be CGI but they did it to make it go as Brian said with 3d yeah. <clears throat> very soulless the comes across yeah it comes across as very lazy though I don't really think it's a, a factor of laziness I think it's more of a factor of the time and production and trying to make it 3 I I don't see the merit in watching this film I would say totally say stay away from it because it it is it's the first time in a while it's a total slog I had a hard time sitting down watching this fucking movie um, and if I saw this before going into Scream 4, probably would have been scared. <laughs> um, thankfully Scream 4 is a great film, and Wes, you know, gets to have the last laugh. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, if we compare it to Deadly Friend, which, you know, is a Production mess. I I would say this is the failure where Deadly Friend's a success because Deadly Friend, though muddled in production hell, it has a heart and a soul to it that's enjoyable and endearing. And this is this movie just reeks of sci-fi made for TV bullshit that's not going to stand the test of time. So I, I'd say a four and a half.
1: Mm. I would probably I would give it a five like I'm I'm right there with you I think that this movie is not super enjoyable um it I mean it has an insanity to it that I think might make it endearing to some people like just to watch it and be like wow the themes are all over the place but for me personally I didn't find it interesting I found it rather boring actually uh even with the kills um I don't think that they did a good job as a slasher movie really like selling the characters at all and I feel like the film has so much going on and so many weird character ideas that it really doesn't know where to land. Um, it doesn't feel written like a, like a slasher movie in the fact that like these characters don't feel real at all. Like the, the one character, Penelope, is like a weird uh, religious chick at 16 years old. <laughs> Uh, speaking in Old Testament language it just it doesn't feel like authentic it's just really strange um, the movie doesn't do a good job of explaining a lot of ideas kind of just leaves them hanging and ultimately I don't think that the reveal for the killer is interesting at all and definitely not worth spending an hour and 47 minutes waiting to get there um, so I think you're right I think West needed to be reined in a little bit Said, hey Wes, can you like clear up some of these themes that you got going on, and we need to like kind of consolidate them a little bit. Like, we don't need that whole scene with the uh, the California condor shitting on people in class. Um, you don't.
0: say, you know what I will say. Sorry to interrupt. This film, I can see the parallels with Scream Five, mm-hmm. with the whole like you know family relations and like you know sordid past with the killer and like flashbacks and. Seeing things like you know the whole Billy, I'm Billy Loomis's unborn daughter, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe when they were writing Scream Five, they're like, "Hey, what if we, what if we borrowed from my soul to take?" Somebody no one wants like, to sh- borrow
1: from my soul, <laughs> and somebody was just like, "Sure, whatever." Yeah, I mean, I I think it's <laughs> an like it's an interesting movie to see one time and see what Wes Graven did with this. But I don't think that most people will end up liking it. And if you did think that this was like a really good movie, I kind of question why. Like, I'm going to need you to tell me specifically.
0: They're the same people who enjoyed, even though they cried when Chester
1: Benningfield bit the dust. They're like,
0: I love them in Saw 7 or Saw
1: 8. I'm just going to need an explanation. I'm going to need like specifically, in specifics, please, in a three or four paragraph essay, please tell me what it is that you saw that was a redeeming quality in my soul to
0: take. I I saw what you did there.
1: Look at that in the Scream poster for the
0: 2022 one. How can you not love Nev Campbell? Look at that Canadian jawline of strength.
1: (laughs) Scream 6 coming soon. Oh my god. Don't say that. It's not. (laughs) not. Stop while you Stop while you're—you didn't just destroy the whole series, right?
0: You already killed Huey. I know. All right. W- where where else is there to go? Okay.
1: All right. All right. Well, that's all. But I for- mean,
0: but I was, I was gonna say it, it, it is like the incredible poor man Z-list screen film mm-hmm. with like the cuts and kills and the idea. That whole third act is literally Scream One, but mine sons, you know our favorite comedic actor traipsing about mm-hmm. telling everyone like, I'm feeling woozy, man. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you get that vibe while watching it? Like like it was like the third act of Scream, like when they're debate kind of. ha- having the little debate up in the Yeah. I mean I you're did like, get
1: that, but it was definitely you know it, not as not as good.
0: You're just sitting there like, Where's Matthew Lillard? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh I, I just I this is definitely not one I'm gonna return to, that's for sure. All right, so so that's all we got for my soul to take. Um What? Gonna, that's it.
0: Fucking ha- Hayden Pants in the air survive Scream 4 and they're putting her in Scream 6?
1: Yeah, they're yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: And w- where's Nev? Where's Lady carrying the franchise Nev? She's not on the, the list. Korten Cox is up there front and center, but where is Nev? I don't know why you're laughing. This is serious business.
1: Nev's not going to be in Scream 6. Why not? Because it's contracts and stuff.
0: Can't forget all of Saskatoon. Who cares? So, yeah. So, um... If, you have say, if, if you've forgotten, Ryan's team JLH, which is wrong,
1: team Nev. <laughs> so with that said we we finished off my soul to take so we're done we're done with Wes Craven and we're finishing up with Cronenberg um, can't couldn't couldn't give Wes a good note to go on uh, nope, to. nope we had to end on, <laughs> on maybe one of his worst movies um, so we're gonna finish up with Cronenberg and did we decide what we were gonna end up doing <laughs> I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I think we had decided that we were gonna go with Dead Ringers, if I remember correctly.
0: Sure. <laughs> you don't want to do Dune?
1: Mm, David Cronenberg did not direct Dune, so... Yeah, he did. No. Yeah. Uh, no, David Lynch yeah. did.
0: Same guy, one's from Canada, one's from New England. Or the other
1: thing was that we had talked about maybe the dead zone. Either one is fine with me. Well,
0: you know, uh, dead ringers has germy irons.
1: Yeah. Either way, uh, we're doing a dead movie, I guess. And
0: then the Dead Zone has... uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. So... I don't remember that being in uh, USA back in the day.
1: And you know what, though? Dead Ringers also has Steven Lack, so... Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) So we get him back after Scanners.
0: Maybe in the seven
1: years between Scanners and dead ringers he's perfected his uh acting though
0: stop don't wait wait what <laughs> the dead zone second. lasted five years yeah. yeah i don't remember jesus christ six seasons
1: so i guess we'll i guess we'll figure it out offline you know what i was thinking about how did why are they bringing quantum
0: leap back on nbc just for money yes
1: okay. because they can because they have the rights to it.
0: I kept you ads on YouTube for like, Uh-oh, you don't want to watch all of this video because uh, I'm stuck in time. Just skip and I'll jump to somewhere else. Mm. Remember Quantum Leap? You don't? Oh, remember Quantum Leap? Good times. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap.
1: Alright, well... Tune in next time for our Cronenberg movie, which we haven't decided on. And if you want to hear all that stuff, we're gonna do
0: Mulholland Drive next, right? <laughs>
1: oh wait, no. That's Lynchian.
0: David that's Lynch. Fuck. What about some Twin Cronenberg
1: Peaks? and one time some Lynch?
0: What about Twin Peaks?
1: Yeah. All right, so uh, if you like what you've heard so far, I don't know why you what, about like Ex- what you've heard. As Martin goes off on tangents, (laughs) (laughs)
0: existence. What if we did (laughs) the X Files episode with the second
1: Ogilhagen? No, it's Skandica. Skandica. It's a a candle leak. Um, So if you liked what you heard, (laughs) listen to us on our podcasts, uh, apps. We're pretty much on everything, so we're done at this point. Yeah. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or base at Anchor.fm. Uh, good pods, pretty much everything. Uh, subscribe to us on there. Leave us a nice review. It always helps us out. We're on Twitter and Facebook. You can just find us on there. Search for Blood and Black Rum Podcast. And we also have a, an email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Write to us. Write it, let us know what you like, what you don't like. What movies you want us to cover, and we'll definitely take that into consideration. Uh, Then we have a Patreon page at patreoncom slash Podcast where you can donate to us. uh, You know what?
0: Let's 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 do the episode of X Files where they land in Northville. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do you know what? Let's do the X Files movies.
1: All of them. Are they three now? I think. Too many. Too many scenes. (laughs) All right, that's it. That's
0: all I got. I I lied. How about Evolution with David Duchovny? (laughs) You going to end this or what? (laughs) I don't want to after watching this movie. I feel like that. (laughs) Let's talk about anything else. All right. Take care. (laughs)